Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Move Wild Podcast. So, this will be the start of season three of the podcast. I'm super excited to be launching into this season. So, there's going to be a few changes um, as I kind of iterate on the whole concept and idea of what I'm trying to create. And there's going to be some different things that I'll be focusing on in terms of producing and putting out content over the year. So what I'm going to be doing is starting to use this platform more as a place to share tips and kind of advice and coaching around movement, training, recovery, community, health, sleep, um, all these different concepts that I believe are really important to understand and master if we want to uh, feel healthy and alive in this world. And that's where the main focus of the podcast is going to be. I will occasionally have guests on, but in terms of the amount of time that I can commit to producing this podcast, it will be um, less of a focus for me, I guess, over this year, yet still, I believe, very valuable. I'm going to be more focused on putting out content that's going to hopefully be really helpful for you listening in terms of just optimizing your life and in terms of adopting a more ancestral approach to living in order to optimize your health and become happier and more fulfilled and apply those concepts in the modern world. Where I am going to be focusing most of my effort over the course of 2021 uh, is number one just producing a full or a few actually e-courses and they're going to be deep in-depth at-home practices one is going to focus on specifically movement and training and my approach to that another one is going to be focused specifically on nutrition and health and then another one on lifestyle plus a lot of different kind of projects within that so that's going to be the main focus of production for me outside of obviously this podcast and just posting on instagram so if you are interested in following along with how those courses come about i'm just in the process of kind of creating them and going a little bit more in depth they're going to be some a lot of material to go through and pretty comprehensive and i'm really excited to eventually launch them but the best place to kind of keep up and catch up with that is either here on the podcast or via instagram but i will be doing a lot of changes i guess to the branding of move wild and and how i want to kind of serve and produce and put things out into the world so this episode um i just wanted to introduce that i'm going to be posting once a week Um, and not doing two episodes and as I said before I will occasionally have guests on but that will be more just sporadic and random according to whether you know I'm with someone who I can do a podcast with or it's easy for me as my main focus on producing as I said is going to be on those courses so I can't put as much time into the podcast as perhaps I would love because I know the value that um, a lot of people get from it but I think that that's going to be a future long-term project once I'm able to perhaps have a little bit more resources to work with in terms of 
producing the podcast and designing and producing courses and selling those courses, etc., etc. So um, that's where I'm at right now with everything. Um, but I'm still committed and excited to kind of share this knowledge and share what I have to share um, with anyone who's interested in hearing it. So this episode, I kind of just wanted to start off and dive into a little bit on uh, recovery, rest and environment. So some things, some tips, some areas that I think are helpful to think about when it comes to recovery, rest and optimizing our environment in order to optimize those two things. So recovery and rest are things that a lot of people are unable to get adequate amounts of or adequate quality of those two things. Um, And the more that we can optimize them, I think the happier we feel, the healthier we feel um, and everything else kind of falls into place when we're able to um, have proper recovery and, and rest in our lives. So some of the key kind of habits or key practices um, that we can incorporate. That's what I want to kind of cover here. So how do we recover and what does the process of recovery even mean? So there's two things that we get exposed to from a very basic and broad level or or that we need in order to grow right so uh, from a training perspective we need stress in order to grow and we need recovery or the the opposite of stress a more restful state in order to grow and without those two things in place we won't grow so without the stress our body our minds are we're not there's no stimulus there's no incentive for us to grow because there's nothing in the external environment that shows or tells us that we need to change that we need to adapt that we need to um yeah become more able to move through or or navigate a specific stress or environment Uh, but also on the flip side of that if we never recover we are also unable to grow because the recovery process is where our body and our minds organize um, itself and it's where we are able to kind of um, heal in a sense from that stress and organize the the different components of that stress and be able to adapt to it so both both things in adequate doses are necessary in order to maximize um, the process of adaptation and maximize um, whatever process you're going through. And this can be looked at in a very broad way, whereby we see that stress is um, is something that we're all exposed to in all areas of our life. So we might have um, stresses in training, but we might also have stresses in terms of environmental fluctuations such as you know temperature um, and that's a stress and that's something that we can grow from and recover from uh, but only but the same concept and the same principle applies right so if you for example practice cold immersion you're only going to get or you're you're going to maximize your benefits from working within the same framework of both exposing yourself to the stress like going in cold water or jumping in an ice bath or whatever that that is and going through the process of recovery where you're not exposing yourself to that stress so whatever area of life you're working with um, or wanting to grow in the same basic principle applies there's the stress 
there's the stepping outside of the comfort zone which is necessary which incentivizes the body or or kind of forces the body and the mind to adapt and then there's the process of recovery where we come back to a state of rest relaxation and give our bodies and our minds time to organize themselves and recover and adapt to whatever stress that was so what um so some things to consider so what like um rest versus um what most people call rest that they're, they're two very different things like what is real rest so again looking at things from what is biologically appropriate what is in alignment with the ancestral biological physiological norms we see there's a lot of difference between what most people consider to be restful and what is actually restful and it's hard to get into a state of real rest in the modern world due to um just all the environmental factors that are going on that are stressing our bodies out so for example um you know isolation and solitude is a stress or um and a lot of people deal with that on a daily basis because there's fractured sense of community or there's fractured social ties and there's there's different fracturings within um for some people not everyone obviously but this is just an example something to consider is if you don't have strong community you're going to find it hard to rest and you're going against your nature which essentially is designed to be in its most restful state in community because it recognizes that in community there's safety and there's emotional support and there's you know there's all the levels of support that are necessary for the recovery process to take place so i think the reason i'm mentioning this is because i think we need to look at recovery in this broader perspective in this broader light recovery is not just a process of not doing the thing so if you if you want to get better at you know exposing yourself to cold or exposing yourself to you know physical stress like training it's not just doing the thing and then not doing the thing it's doing the thing and then actively recovering so not doing this thing is just the first step like if you want to grow from training of course like it's a given that you're not going to be training all the time because otherwise you'll never grow from it and you'll just break down or you know whatever the stress is so that's the first step but uh, active recovery means looking for the elements in our environment that will actually help us and encourage us to recover and adapt to whatever stresses we're putting on our bodies and our minds so um, getting ourselves in environments where we are around community, where we're around people we know specifically, um, where we're around friends and where we feel relaxed, you know, those are all markers of um, an environment where we're able to relax because we feel like we're supported and we have safety and therefore we're able to maximize our recovery. Um, other elements you know very very basic are like understanding eating cycles and eating habits and fueling our bodies and giving our bodies the nutrition and the fuel to be able to recover and also understanding the different roles or the different uh, ways in which fasting and feasting for example work within the body and the different mechanisms so fasting is an inherently stressful kind of process so if you're wanting to recover from something, then perhaps being in a fasted state 
is not always ideal but in other situations it might be because fasting also encourages autophagy and cellular cleanup within the body and and all these different mechanisms that happen on um this you know physiological level where fasting might be an ideal kind of process depending on what process of recovery you're looking for but fasting is inherently stressful um, and and being in a state of di- digesting or, or eating can actually be a, a, a like a stress reducer or it can reduce stress and that's why a lot of people turn to food when they're stressed out um, because it slows down their breathing and it slows down you know their anxiety um, it's not obviously it's not ideal if you're using food as a way to cope with the stresses in your life but just understanding that you know eating habits do play into the rest and recovery process um, sleep is obviously a massive part and I'm going to go into a few sleep habits here but we need to have real deep sleep if we want to not only be able to perform physically well but also mentally well Um, I was listening to someone, a mentor of mine, uh, the other day who was saying that he would rather, you know, lose time in the day and sleep more in order to be able to make better decisions than reduce his sleep and make a whole bunch of bad decisions as a consequence uh, throughout a longer day. So considering and understanding good quality and and quantity of sleep is really important because you know just as he was saying you you're not going to be able to perform physically well but you also like i think the biggest component of sleep is that mentally it's it kind of uh is quite scarring on many levels if you don't get enough sleep like it can do a lot of damage to your brain in the long run if you're not getting adequate sleep so you know immediately that looks like bad decision making um and you know short to midterm that looks like you know low level depression and anxiety and then long term that could look like neurodegenerative diseases such as alzheimer's so (laughs) you know the 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 importance of sleep i can't stress it enough but what are the habits that we need in order to ensure good sleep so you know there's different arguments in terms of what the ideal quantity of sleep is i think it's very dependent on your lifestyle so for example um if you are living an ancestral life way or lifestyle you're you know let's say you're a hunter gatherer you go Uh, you don't have any artificial lighting in your environment you feel relaxed when you go to sleep Um, for the most part you don't have many stimulants in your diet you wake up at first light to no alarm Um, you know all these all these factors are in place maybe you know you feel perfectly healthy and well on six and a half seven seven and a half you know hours of sleep but we have to consider that for the most part we in the modern world do not have the factors at play that ensure that that sleep is deep and ensure that that sleep is really beneficial and we have a whole bunch of stresses that perhaps people's living ancestrally do not so 
I like to look at things from an ancestral perspective, but I also like to take into account all the different things that are going on in the modern world that might dictate that we actually need more or less of certain things. And I think sleep is one of those things that we need more of for the most part, because there's a whole bunch of stresses that are happening through our day that our body and our minds are trying to cope with. Um, so in terms of quantity, I would say like a minimum of eight hours per night, unless you're living a very low stress lifestyle but for most people eight hours per night if you can't manage eight then at least seven hours per night uh, in terms of being able to make good decision in terms of being able to ensure that you don't get neurodegenerative diseases and ensure that you're happy and feel well and healthy and prioritizing that kind of length of sleep I think is really important but obviously there's a whole bunch of other factors because you could be sleeping eight hours per night but the quality of your sleep could be very poor in which case you are not necessarily um, maximizing the benefit and you might actually be getting very little benefit from that sleep so some things some habits that you can practice in order to align your environment with a a more let's say biologically friendly um kind of approach to sleep would be to minimize artificial blue lighting in in a, the couple hour window that you have before you're going to go to sleep so say you go to sleep at around 10 p.m every night see if you can minimize the artificial blue light that you're exposed to from 8 p.m. onwards. So that might mean wearing blue blocking glasses. That might mean lighting up your house with orange light bulbs rather than the usual LED light bulbs that emit blue light. That might mean getting filters on your technology if you have to use computer screens or phones that so that they're not emitting blue light that might mean getting candles like whatever that looks like in your specific situation minimizing that um, also minimizing any stress inducing uh, activities that are yeah are stress inducing so you know that could look like having you know work related conversations or um, doing work even so you know not engaging mentally even with the you know the things that are going to induce stress so you you know you that's specific to the individual obviously but anything uh, or like it's not to say that you can totally minimize it um but just oh sorry it's not to say that you can totally avoid it but just minimize um what you're exposing yourself to in terms of stresses so you know trying not to have arguments, trying not to um, read a how-to book that really, you know, stimulates your mind with a bunch of ideas, um, but really rather slowing yourself down. And there are some specific kind of, you know, hacks, you could call them, for calming your nervous system down. Um, one of them is exposing yourself to heat, which often relaxes your body. So having a hot bath, um, another is, you know, doing meditation or breathing. So focusing on your breath, exhaling longer than your inhales to calm your nervous system and slow your heart rate down. Another one, like we talked about before, is getting around and being around community. That's probably one of the most relaxing um, 
and and just focusing on what are the things in your environment that will relax you does that look like you know reading a novel does that look like being around people that you love and that you know what are those things in your environment that will get you into a state of relaxation just focusing on doing those things before you go to sleep in the two hours before you go to sleep will really calm your nervous system down and get your body and your mind ready for a deep restful state if you go into sleep even if you manage to fall asleep in a stressed out state the quality of your sleep is going to be massively reduced so a couple other things um eating like being aware of when you're eating so not eating too close to um when you sleep in order to just to avoid um putting your body under the stress of having to digest food um, right before you go to bed. Your body needs maximum blood flow going to your brain during the sleeping process. So um, I would recommend not eating at least, you know, two to three, even four hours before you're going to sleep. Not drinking too much water and just ensuring that your body feels light um you don't want to feel hungry necessarily when you go to sleep but you you want to not feel like you're just digesting food Uh, and then some other tips would be follow the natural rhythms and cycles so when you wake up expose yourself to natural light remind your body or, or get your body understanding that you should be in a wakeful state right now so go outside get some sunlight hitting your skin um and just reset that circadian rhythm in the morning as quickly as you can so that your body can start producing the melatonin it's gonna need for that night that's to come. Um, And also before bed, you know, going, exposing yourself to the sunset and and allowing your body and your eyes specifically to take in the, um, the, that spectrum of light that's, that's coming in that is essentially in well it's it's essentially telling your body that it's time to drop into a more restful state so those are some kind of tips for increasing and getting better sleep and really maximizing the quality of your sleep and obviously we talked about quantity as well so now i want to talk a little bit about how environment affects stress and how you can use breath to calm your nervous system down so environment is the biggest i guess piece of the whole health puzzle when i when you look at it from a broad view and a broad perspective and understand health from that kind of view and perspective you see that whatever environment you're in will dictate your outcomes whether that be you know in all areas of life including health so if you are in in an environment that does not have much access to sunlight or in an environment where you don't have access to good food or nourishment or water or air or people or community or you know space to move or you know feeling of freedom or nature those are all things that will massively affect the outcomes of your health right so understanding that and understanding that environment is the biggest thing that will affect who you are as a person and we are innately tied to the environment on so many levels and a lot of that is unconscious 
but the environment literally affects you and your personality and your physiology and your biology. Um, the more you understand that, the more you can aim to move towards more and more, uh, let's say natural or, or biologically appropriate environments. So not everyone can immediately, for example, surround themselves with, you know, the best people and have the best community and be living out in nature and, and essentially in an environment where that's optimized for human existence immediately. And, and some people don't want to because you know, doing that could potentially cut them off from the community that they formed in environments that aren't perhaps the healthiest. But I think just understanding that environment affects stress specifically and affects your ability to recover and rest, but also affects health in general, um, is one of the biggest kind of, you know, pieces to this whole puzzle. So speaking specifically on recovery and rest, asking simple questions like does my environment support my ability to recover um meaning do i have the things that i want to put into my body that will help me recover or do am i surrounded by food or water or air that is not optimal for my for the recovery process um, is the, the environment in which I sleep, is it a restful one? Is it one where I feel comfortable, where I feel safe, um, where I feel a, a good energy, so to speak? Or is it one where I feel stressed out and where I feel claustrophobic or, or whatever it may be? Um, so those are a couple of questions to ask in terms of specifics to recovery, but also just from a broader perspective on health, um, is my environment optimized and in alignment with my health goals or what I want to feel. So for example, I think it's, it's fair to say that most people want to feel vital and most people want to feel energetic and most people want to feel healthy. Is your environment supporting that aim? Because no matter how disciplined you are, and, and I think discipline is important, in, for example, your movement practice or your eating practice or, you know, whatever whatever practice it is, if your environment doesn't support that practice, for example, if you're, if, you know, the place that you live is very small and there's not much room to move and you're in quite an urban environment and the closest gym is quite far away or, you know, whatever it is, or the, the people around you, you know, feel challenged by you practicing um, health giving habits, you know, like whatever, whatever it is in your environment, like asking those questions, does this environment support my goals when it comes to health? And if the answer is no, then I think that's the time when we need to start looking at, okay, how can we change our environments? How can we move things around? Like whether that's on a micro level, like moving furniture around, like, um, you know, finding community that supports what we want, joining uh, a gym or a health club or, uh, you know, a movement of people or, you know, whatever it is, or getting a coach um, that will help us to achieve those goals um, or on a macro level where we're actually, you know, moving house or moving location or 
um, you know, whatever it is, but making the changes that we need to in our environment in order for those, for our environment to encourage what we're trying to move towards rather than discourage it. Because no matter how disciplined or how much willpower you have, if your environment, the external world, discourages what you want internally, the external world always wins. The external world is is hard. It's, it's um, you know, it's it's very immovable on many levels and you have to adapt or move according to it um and your intentions or your wants might not necessarily fit into the current environment if you want health and if you want vitality but every you know le- you know the your current environment discourages that um feeling that vitality and that health um discipline and willpower is only going to go so far and sometimes it's a process of changing your environment and being adaptable and moving and i think that that's what has seen humans thrive is so much on this planet you know in in our brief existence on this earth is our ability to not try like um to be able to move around and to be able to adapt and change according to what our intentions are or what our goals are um but that's that's all very broad level but I guess what I'm getting at is you you have to understand that the external world, the environment plays a huge role in your health. If you are able to get out into nature every day, for example, and able to expose yourself to the natural rhythms and cycles, you will be healthier in general than someone who is unable to do that despite the fact that they might have a lot of willpower or discipline around other practices um, because you have an environment that encourages uh, the vitality, the health, the energy that you want, you, it's it's going to be a, an easier battle, so to speak, or an easier road or path to walk down because the environment is encouraging it. It's like walking down a hill rather than walking up a hill. So, um, you know, one more point on that, I guess, for people who are in an environment that's not ideal necessarily they they find it hard to recover um, because of the environment that they're in and they're they're you know they're wanting to move into an environment that is more ancestrally aligned or biologically appropriate but it's not something that can be done in the short term um, we can use things to maximize recovery and maximize health and one of the things that we can use to maximize recovery specifically is breath so Breath plays a massive role in modulating our nervous system and giving us the ability to control our state. So a couple of tips or one tip even just on breath uh, in order to calm down specifically and relax your nervous system and recover better is to, you know, number one, breathe into your stomach. So rather than breathing into your chest, which when you do that over a long period of time can kind of stimulate a more sympathetic or fight or flight response breathing into your stomach which stimulates a more parasympathetic response breathing in through your nose and making your exhales longer than your inhales so those are all ways 
um, or just a practice, a breathing practice that you can use over time, for example, before you go to sleep or for example, when you feel stressed out in order to remove some of that stress and allow yourself to come back to a more steady, stable and stress-free state. So those are some practices, some things that you can work with on a practical level. So that again, you can even practice it now as you're listening to this is breathing in, you know, through your nose, say counting up to four seconds as you breathe in, you breathe into your stomach. And then once you get to that four seconds, you can breathe in either, or sorry, breathe out either through your mouth or through your nose and just make that exhale a little bit longer than the inhale. So it could be five seconds or six seconds if you've done a four second inhale and just doing that repetitively and creating a rhythm that you can remember and feels fairly unconscious and whereby you can just keep your focus on the breath as you do that, that will help to calm your nervous system down, help you to get into a more restful state. It's great to do before sleep. And again, it's one of those things that you can use if perhaps your environment is set up um, or encourages stress, let's say, and you want to encourage recovery, uh, you don't necessarily, and you, and you can't necessarily change your environment immediately overnight, that's something that you can use as like a little strategy to minimize uh, stress and maximize recovery. So that is today's episode, and I hope you found that useful, applicable, and there's something that you can take from that and apply from that. Um, as I mentioned at the start, I'm going to be simplifying a lot of processes and things in terms of my output and production just because I want to become more focused in how I can actually serve and how I can actually help people uh, with these concepts. And just, yeah, it's been a good process over the last, over the new year of realizing, you know, what areas I can specifically serve in, what areas I can specifically help people in and what things I need to focus on in order to best do that. Um, so the best place to kind of keep up with my, you know, the updates on how the courses are going is either by tuning in and listening to this podcast or by following me on Instagram or doing both. Feel free always to reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I'm always open to connecting if you're, you know, local to Sydney or Newcastle or Central Coast or any of those areas. I travel up and down the East Coast of Australia a fair bit. I'd be keen to connect and hang out and move and play I'm always I always love to connect and meet like-minded people in the space of rewilding uh, nature connection and natural movement um, as always it's you know my current journey to immerse myself in these skills and immerse myself in this life way and this podcast and my Instagram and the courses are what I can share or what I can offer to rewilding um, but it's only one piece of the puzzle and I'm keen to keep learning from other people, keen to uh, keep sharing my experiences and keep growing and keep uh, creating this community and this movement around some things that I think are really, really vital and important to human existence on this planet and human health um, and, and the general vitality and energy that we feel as individuals and how that can affect the people around us and how that can affect change and how that can affect um, our ability to create community. So I'm keen to, you know, keep this going. So feel free to share this episode, share this podcast, um, share this message, practice, you know, these things, because I think leading by example is one of the best ways to get this out to more people and practice it with confidence and know why you're doing it and practice it with strength. 
uh, reach out to me if you have any questions or things you want me to cover or if you want to hang out or just connect or if you want to come on the podcast even and I look forward to creating more wildness and vitality and energy in this new year so thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode and I will catch you on the next episode coming out next week